Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. Welcome you here to Radiant Life Church, and, and we're so excited that you decided to worship with us this morning. We're in a, a series, I, I have no clue what number it is, it doesn't really matter, but it's, it's a series called, entitled The Power of Choice, and the heart of this series is that we wouldn't just know what to do, but we would actually do it. Right? There is that moment, that, that fork in the road, that crossroads where we're like, man, what am I supposed to do that we would know through the power of the Holy Spirit that, that we are empowered to choose wisely? And we're to make the most of those moments. And, and so as we've been walking through it, um, I would encourage you, if you have not listened to this series, uh, very powerful, you can ignore all the ones I preached, but, but Pastor Anthony, when he preached on thankfulness, or Pastor Emily, when she talked about next steps, go back to our YouTube page and make sure you listen to those. So, so good. So we've talked about how we can choose to be set apart. Right, we kicked it off with, we have the choice to choose to be set apart. We, we talked about the power and the choice of forgiveness. Right? And forgiveness, a great definition of forgiveness is when the past no longer stirs you. Right? When you think of their name and you're like, I'm good, instead of that vein popping out of your forehead. Right? And so, so you choose to forgive. Uh, we talked about how we can choose the next step and we could choose to be thankful, how we choose to surrender. And then two weeks ago, how we can choose to share God's love. And then last week, uh, we talked about how we have a choice to be generous. Right? We can choose to be generous. And we took up what was called a reverse offering. And uh, hopefully uh, this week, we're gonna be able to bless numerous people because of your generosity. There's some serious needs, uh, people with rent and, and me- there was a medical need for, uh, for something, the sickness they went through. And man, we're hoping to be able to meet all of those needs because of your generosity. So thank you for that. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of John. We're gonna be looking at John 15 uh, verses five through six, powerful portion of scripture. And uh, I got a little illustration to help us where we're going today. Uh, Jesus, this is an I am statement of Jesus. And so Jesus, never mind. Uh, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And then apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you are disconnected, if there is a severed connection, we're going to struggle to do anything because he's the vine and we are the branches. He says, if you do not reign in me and you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers, such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire and burned. Now think about it in the context of a fire pit, right? So the storms come through Ohio, the winds blow and and I have a tree in my tree lawn. And so the branches fall off. Once they fall off, I do not go out into the tree lawn and staple them back to the tree. They are severed. They are disconnected. I gather up those branches. I take them to the backyard. And that is what's going to make the next s'more at the Perupski family gathering, okay? And so that's what Jesus is talking about. He's like, listen, there's gonna be some struggles. There's gonna be some trials. In, in John chapter 13, Jesus is having the last supper. In John chapter 18, Jesus is, is going to be arrested and give his life for us. But in John 15, there's a dinner conversation. And he's saying, listen, disciples, I'm, I'm, stuff is going to happen. I'm going to go, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to bury a comforter and a counselor, but, but things may get bad. And if, and when they do get bad, I want you to know to remain in me and I in you as in make, make sure your connection to me is solid. 
And this is why this is so important. Because when we stay connected to Christ, we become more like Christ. Right? When we stay connected to Christ, we become more like Christ. The problem is, is we tend to conform to our connection. Whatever we're connected to, we begin to conform to. Like if you have an opportunity to go uh, maybe to a different part of the United States and you hang out there for a month or two and you come home, you start talking a little different. Like why? Well, I stopped calling it pop and I now call it soda. Why? Like it's called pop, darn it. Uh, but it's one of those things. Why? You, you conform... And you're like, now you're seeing what's happening because we, we conform to our connection. And sometimes we conform to our status, like our social status. Like I need to get as most likes. I need to go viral. I need to be a, a social media influencer for, the, for, for who? Right? Are we trying to build his kingdom or our kingdom? What's this really about? We, we see a family status. Like, man, I need the 3,500 square foot house. I'm not saying that's bad if you have a 3,500 square foot house. But we're like, man, I need the two car garage. I need the SUV parked in the driveway. And, and, and I need to show on the outside that everything's great because on the inside, it's chaos. You see, we can have an outward perception without an inward transformation. We can, we can go through the motions and be like, everything's great. Everything's perfect. I mean, look, God is moving in my life and it's great. And so we, we clamor sometimes to this family status or church status. Like, man, I, you know what? I go to church all the time. I'm church. You know what? I attend church more than the pastor attends church. Right? That's how much I love the church. I'm there every Sunday. I'm there every midweek. I'm there for Thursday prayer. I, I go to Rosemary on Thursday night. Like I, I'm doing all of the things and I love that. I love that you're a part, and, but sometimes it becomes a status. And we can't just live on status alone because, because you can do all of those things, but if you're still the meanest person at work, we're missing the mark. Right? We, we, can't, we can't treat people one way and bless God on Sunday because you can go through the motions of a Christian without the love of a Christian. Or you can just walk through it like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, what? All right. <laughs> like, you feel when Leroy starts kicking, like, ah, yeah, let's go. Like, we can experience that, but without the love of what that is. And so it's so imperative for us to be able to talk about what we're talking about that, uh, talking about today, which is we choose and we can choose to be connected. We can be connected. I have a question for you. How many of you in the room today, show of hands, when you buy all of your groceries, you carry them in maybe a few bags at a time, right? You have two, you got all these stuff and you're like, I'm going to carry two bags at a time. How many of you carry it in your groceries that way? Okay. How many of you go, I have five bags or 50 bags. It don't matter. I'm a one trip challenge, right? Like, you know, I got this, like I'm, I'm grabbing all the bags and I'm gonna grab this bag. I'm gonna grab that bag. And I have a tote that I could put my bags in, but nope. And I'm going to grab this tote. But maybe you're like me. I don't like stuff in my pockets when I'm driving. So I put my wallet and my keys and my, and my cell phone in the center console. And whenever I get out, it doesn't matter how much stuff I have to carry, I put those things in my hand. And so I'm trying to carry all the stuff into the house and it doesn't matter, I could have 100 bags. Inevitably, when I'm trying to carry everything, something will drop. And I don't know why, I don't know why, and I don't understand that I will carry all of the stuff at one time and I'm so focused not to drop anything that I drop something. But the thing I typically drop is a value and the thing that I hold on to is tissues. Like I, this, this, this will bounce, this will not. How many know what I'm talking about? 
but we find ourselves holding on to the wrong things. It's no different in life, and we have to be very careful that we're holding on sometimes to the wrong things and dropping the thing that we should be holding on to. And so this morning, that's what we're going to look at. What are we supposed to be holding on to? And I want to share with you real quick a, a wonderful biblical perspective. And for context, we're going to be in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, looking at verses 3 and 5. Now understand, we're going to read, and we're going to read some names, Naomi and Ruth and Orpah. And, you, and you're going to hear about, about Naomi who lived, and her and her family lived in Bethlehem. But Bethlehem had a problem. There was a famine in the land. And so now it's the decision of, of Naomi's husband, hey, we're going to leave, and we're going to go to the next town, and we're going to go to Moab, and, and that's where we're going to go and live. And picking up in Ruth chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, it says, Now Lamelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was without her two sons and her husband. So she arrives in Moab... She loses her husband. A number of years later, she loses both of her sons, and now it's her and her daughter-in-laws. Now, you can, you can imagine there's grief. Like, I've lost my family. I, I left Bethlehem, and I come to Moab, and once I'm in Moab, now there's issues, and there, there's, there's struggle, and I'm grieving, and so I'm going to go back to what I know. But I wonder if the grief, in her grief, if there wasn't something bigger at play. See, Bethlehem was a rich agricultural community. The, the city name actually means house of bread, right? So Bethlehem means house of bread. And so it's, it's there that you would think like, oh man, God's going to provide. It, I mean, listen to the city, house of bread, but there was a famine and so they left. And the, the land that they went to was Moab and Moab was a pagan land. You see, in Bethlehem, they, wor they worshiped the one true God. In Moab, they worshiped pagan gods. And so what did they do? They decided... Right? They made a choice, Naomi and her family and her husband, they made a choice to leave the promised land of Israel and return to the wilderness, which God had already led, led them out of and delivered them from. So it seems like they went in the wrong direction, but now it's time to return. And so I wonder if Naomi was grieving something a little bit bigger, like maybe a loss of connection, a loss of community. You see, she's walking through a tough time. And I don't know about you, but for me, when I walk through a tough time in life, I need community. I need connection. I, I, need to, I need to have the people in my corner who will cheerlead me on, who will be like, man, I know you're walking through something tough, but I want you to know I'm here for you. You're, you have a shoulder if you need it. Man, you need a meal. I'm coming alongside of you because you're grieving, and I want to be able to walk with you in this process. But where she found herself was not in a community with God the Creator, but in a community who was serving the false gods. And, and grieving the loss of a promised land of a place, I wonder if she was also grieving the promises that God had made over her and her family. And now she wants to return, and so she gives the option to her daughter-in-laws, and this is where we pick up our text in Ruth chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. And it says, at, at this they wept loud, aloud again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Right, so pagan gods, other gods, not capital G. It says, go back with her. But Ruth, Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or, turn my back, or turn, to turn back from you. And this is you know, a powerful portion of scripture because Ruth says, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. 
and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me. She's making a declaration like, I'm, wherever you go, that's where I'm going. Your people, my people, your God, my God, and may the Lord deal with me, but it ever so severely if even death separates you and me. You see, there was a choice to be made. Ruth chose to stay connected to, to Naomi, and Orpah chose to go back and stay where she was at in Moab. And now we know through text, we read how Naomi's, or how Ruth's life ends up. I mean, she's one of two females, right? You have Esther and Ruth that a book is named after, right? We see her lineage because Ruth becomes the great grandmother to King David. Ruth is in the lineage of Jesus himself. Like you see the outcome, like how powerful her decision was to stay connected to Naomi and to Naomi's people and to Naomi's God and to Naomi's place. But we don't see is the name of Orpah mentioned ever again in the scripture. So what happened to her? There's, there's a rabbinic literature. Okay, so this is not scripture, but there's rabbinic literature uh, that, that say, and I wasn't there, so I don't know if it's true, but they, they say that Orpah, Moab, became the mother of Goliath. Let that sink in for a minute. One chooses to stay connected and, king, and is the great-grandmother of King David. The other, Goliath. And so we see the power of choice. We see the power of connection. Now, I know some of you are like, well, she made the wrong choice. Well, before we go judging Orpah and her connection and the choices we made, I think sometimes we drop connections to God because we're holding on to the wrong things. And so maybe you're like, I got all this. I can carry it. This is not a big deal. I got this and I got this and I, I got this. I got all of it. And then you find yourself in a place going, I'm carrying way too much. Anybody ever been there where you're like, I'm carrying way too much. Why didn't I just pick up a few? And so now we're carrying too much and we got to get rid of something because I'm holding on to way too much. And so, man, I feel like I need more time. How many in here need some more time in your life? You're like, come on, pause the sun, Lord, let's do it again. And so we're like, hey, let's, I need more time. What can I let go of that will give me more time? You know what? Every Sunday, every Sunday, I have an appointment. I wonder if I let go of that appointment every Sunday at either nine or 11 to create more time because I'm holding on to too much. You know what? I feel like we're, we're strapped financially. And so we need to let go of some things. We're holding on. And so, so maybe the generosity that, that we're talking about at the church, maybe giving to that special missions project of raising $25,000 to build a birthing center in Tanzania. Maybe that's, I'll just let go of that because somebody else can carry that. Man, you know what? They do that volunteer of the month at Radiant Life Church. And I've been serving for three weeks and I have not been recognized. Something is wrong. I don't know who makes that decision, but if I'm not chosen next time, I'm done serving. The best way to serve God is by serving others. Not today, Satan, right? Like it's not gonna happen. I ain't serving, right? And so what do we do? All the things we're holding on to, we have to make a choice of what we're going to let go of, but we can choose wisely not to let go of the things we should be holding on to. And so we need to choose wisely. Two things that will, we could cause us to drop our connection. The first is this, is we hold on to conflict. We hold on to conflict. Naomi left the promised land because of a famine. Can I encourage you? Never leave your promised land because there is a problem. Right? Don't leave the promised land because there's a problem. Like, life is full of problems. 
We're going to walk through some dark things. There's gonna be trials, there's gonna be tribulation, but don't leave the promised land because there is a problem. Because just because there is a problem doesn't mean God can't fulfill his purpose. And he can't fulfill his promise. If he said he's gonna do it, he's gonna do it. Why? Because he's never ending and he's never failed. He is undefeated. Can you imagine being undefeated, never losing any type of battle? And so what are we walking through? What are we experiencing? Are we standing our ground? And, and so I'm gonna encourage you, man, to stay, to stay planted in the midst of the problem and trust him for the promise. Stay planted. Don't give up. Right? In the midst of your problem, stay planted. You're like, man, I, I feel like the grass will be greener on the other side. Like I'm, I've been married for five, six years and I, I just feel like maybe the grass would be greener on the other side. You know where the grass is greener? Where it's watered, where it's cultivated, where it's fertilized. So, so maybe it's time for you to, to work the process to say, you know what? This is, the, this is the person I said I'd do to and I'm going to love them sacrificially. I'm gonna be all in. I'm gonna serve and I'm gonna bless and I'm gonna minister and I'm gonna stay where I'm planted. Or maybe it's your job. Maybe you're like, you know what? If it, I just had to change the scenery. Because the people I work with, Pastor Lance, if you worked where I worked, you would quit. Well, you know what? If you worked where I worked, <laughs> all right, maybe I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I love our church staff. They're amazing. They're great. Okay. Well, at least some of them. All right. And us, I'm just playing. You figure out who I was talking about. And you, no, I'm just kidding. But here's the deal. Like, no, I need to stay faithful. Here, I encouraged some, a young man uh, just this week. I said, hey, do me a favor. I know work is tough and you're walking through it. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to show up to work five minutes early. Everyone was like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do for those five minutes. I want you to pray for your coworkers before you ever walk into that place. And I want you to pray blessing and favor. I want you to pray for opportunities to be salt and light and, and, and see what happens just five minutes early. See if that won't help change and shift your perspective through the power of prayer. But maybe it's your calling and you're like, I just don't know if I wanna keep doing what I'm doing. Unfortunately, what we do is we hold on to the past. We hold on to the pain. We hold on to the bad things that happened to us. Maybe we had somebody in our life who did something harmful to us. Maybe, maybe we had somebody who spoke ill of us, right? They called us some names and we're like, nope, nope, I'm gonna hold on to that. And we, we start carrying all of the things that we were never meant to carry. We start holding on to all the things that we were never meant to hold on to. And somebody needs to hear this, mor this morning. It's time for you to drop the conflict and hold on to the connection. Drop the conflict, let it go and hold on to the connection and who you're connected to. The second thing is we also find ourselves holding on to our comfort. Ruth had a choice. She could stay where it was comfortable or she could choose connection over her comfort. And I think it's time for some of us to choose a connection over our comfort because sometimes to remain connected, it will come at a sacrifice of your comfort. It will come at a sacrifice of your comfort. We are in post-pandemic. I'm grateful for that because leading a church, because how many know they didn't teach you how to lead through a pandemic? That was not, there's, there wasn't a book, there was no podcast, there was nothing that I could go help. We were figuring out along the way. And so now we're post-pandemic. How many know that during the pandemic, you may have picked up a few habits? A few habits, like it's easier to watch online. And I love our online community, right? I'm not picking on you. This isn't casting blame or shame. This isn't like, mm, this is, online is great. I love that we have this option because it's, it's like, oh man, you know what? Hmm. I could stay in bed and push watch, or I could get up an hour early and make myself breakfast and I have to get ready and put on my makeup and brush my teeth and actually iron my clothes, or I could just stay right here. And it becomes comfortable. And I wonder if the Lord is working on our comfort 
or maybe it's work. How many know that there's this new thing where you can work from home? How many are like, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, right? I will work from home. Some of you are holding off on finding a different job until you find the one that says, let me work from home. (sighs) Why? Because sometimes we, we enjoy the comfort, but your comfort will always be in competition with your calling, right? What has God called you to? Because comfort is easier, but it's not always better. The ladies in the room are like, you've never worn high heels. That's how I know you're a liar, right? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? It's, it's, it, it may be easier, but it's not always better. So we need to make sure we're not compromising our calling because we need to make sure we're always connected. As a pastor, there are times, there are times, I'm just being honest, can I be honest? There are times when I'm like, I wish I had a nine to five job. I wish I could leave work at work. I wish that I... I It was, you know, but here's the problem. The problem is I wasn't called to any other vocation. I was called to be a pastor. And so I need to make sure that I'm not losing my comfort for my calling, that I'm always following the calling, which is about my connection. And so don't hold on to the chaos and to the comfort and to the conflict, but let it go and allow God to do something powerful in your life. This morning, I'm gonna ask one simple question. What bags are you holding that keep you from holding what is most critical, right? Because you can't carry it all. So what are you holding that's keeping you from holding what is most critical? And maybe it's not a bag. Maybe you're like, no, I'm not carrying anything I shouldn't be carrying. Here's what I know. There is an enemy that is seeking to devour. And his heart is, man, if I can't, if I can't get you to carry anything you're not supposed to carry, I'm going to make sure I try to distract you from your connection. I want to disconnect you from what's most important, which is your connection. He's good with you pursuing your career and prosperity as long as you drop your connection. He's fine with you having all the hobbies in the world as long as you drop your connection. He is fine with your pace and busyness of life as long as you drop your connection. And I wonder if this is a word for somebody today. We are troubleshooting all the areas, but we're missing the connection. That was me a few years ago. I'm not a super techie, but I was, my car, computer wouldn't charge. And so I was like, oh, is it plugged in? It's plugged in. Maybe it's, the, maybe it's a breaker. I'll switch outlets. I switch outlets. How many know that, that the super techie people in the world, when you call somebody for help, whether it's your phone or your computer, what's the first thing they tell you to do? Turn it off, reboot it, start again. I was like, okay, I know to do this. I rebooted, I started again, and it's still not charging. So I, I went ahead and I, I was troubleshooting and I was like, okay, what's the problem? And then I looked down to the power supply. And all of a sudden, look, ah, miracle. It started charging. But we're trying to troubleshoot all these areas in our life And maybe we're missing what's right in front of us because we're missing the connection. So if you're having trouble hearing from God, check your connection. If you're not experiencing peace that passes all understanding, check your connection. If you're not full of the joy of the Lord, then check your connection. And so today I wanna share with you real quick, because some of you are like, bro, you should be wrapping it up and you still have three more points. We're gonna fly through these. So three more things. I wanna give you three things that we can choose to be connected to. The first is this. You can choose to be connected to God's presence. To God's presence. James 4, 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. So you move in his direction, not that he moved anywhere away from you, but when you do, when you step out and you take that step of faith and say, God, I wanna come near to you, he comes near to 
you. And so we need to choose to stay connected to God's presence. Ruth said, your God will be my God. As in, I want to be connected to his presence. But here's what I know, is that you connect with God the most when you're in an environment that cultivates his presence. You will connect to God the most when you're in an environment that cultivates his presence. So this week, our students are going to go to camp. They're going to have amazing moments. Why? Because they're going to be in an environment that cultivates his presence. Like we take their cell phones. So if y'all bring in your phones, just know, confiscated, right? Don't be mad because I got still mine, right? Don't be mad though. But, but here's the deal. What are we doing? We're, we're trying to eliminate any distraction that would get in the way from them experiencing the power and presence of God. And so there's an environment, our worship nights, environments that cultivate his presence. Sunday mornings, environments. This is a room, but it's a room full of his spirit because we are cultivating an environment of his presence. And so we want him to move in such a special way. So we need to be committed to getting into his presence. Because here's what I know about his presence. It's in his presence where the weak become strong. It's in his presence where our brokenness becomes wholeness. It's in his presence where the blind can see, where the lame can walk, where the deaf can hear. It's in his presence that anything is possible. But we have to make sure we're committed to being in his presence. So the question that I have for you is what plans are you making to be in God's presence? What are your plans? What are your intentions? Like, what are your expectations? Like, God, I'm coming and ah, here's the problem that I have. Why are we so good at making excuses more than we are about making plans? Like, God, here's all the reasons I can't. Here's all the reasons I won't get into your presence. Instead of God, here's all the reasons I can. Here's all the reasons I'm going to. Here's the plan that I'm going to put into place to be able to experience your presence. So we choose to connect to God's presence. The second thing is we can choose to be connected to God's people. Ruth said, your people, my people, right? Your people, your, the people you are with, the, the, the people who are following after God, the people who have a relationship with Jesus, I want those people to be my people. In Matthew 18, 20, it says, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. So you need people of like mind, of like spirit to gather. And when we do, he's there. And so we need to make sure that, that his people are our people and that we're connected to those people. And so how do we do that? Well, in September, we'll, we'll be relaunching life groups. I would encourage you, sign up. Sign up for a life group. Choose to be connected to God's people. Maybe midweeks, right? We're in the middle of midweeks. Um, we're gonna, just so you're aware, you may not have heard it yet, but we're shutting down for July. We're giving everybody a little bit of a break. And so you're welcome. Um, but when they relaunch or even before, get connected. Be with God's people. Maybe it's join a team to serve. It's crazy. I'm telling you. Some people are like, man, I just feel disconnected. And you keep telling me to serve. How is serving going to connect me? Because you're on a team. It's not about you. It's about us. It's about cultivating, right? A, A power of unity within a small group of people. And so serving is a way to do that. Rubber Ducks game. Show up. Because there's going to be other people there. And I just want you to know, if you're putting money on it, I would put it on it that I'm about to throw a strike. Okay? This whole I'm going to miss, it's, it's not happening. Because here's the thing. I'm going to practice if I can't throw a strike. Because I mean, I'm serious. I, like, I'm going old school. I'm going over the head. I'm leg kicking. Like, I'm, I'm throwing a bullet. If I practice and can't throw that ball 60 foot, 6 inches, because that's how long it is. If I can only make it 50 feet because I'm old, I'll lob it. Because I am not walking back in shame like that was horrible. Right? But here's what I know. There will be other people in the row for you to be connected to. 
And so you do. Here's the crazy thing. Everything I just mentioned was about Radiant, what Radiant Life Church is offering for you to be connected. My question is, what are you doing to make sure you're connected? Like, it's not our, it's not our job. We're providing opportunities, but what opportunities are you providing? Are you connecting? Are you like, man, I'm a new mom. Because we have so many new moms. This is awesome. I love all the new moms. and I love all the new babies. And congratulations to the warders. The warders, their new baby, he's just a stud, right? And he'll be here soon to, to be with us for sure. But here's the thing. Maybe all the moms are like, hey, my sleep's off. This is off. This is this. Maybe we could all just get together and just sit around and maybe sleep like one on this couch, one on this couch, and then you take turns watching the baby, and then you take turns watching the baby, and then we'll just, we'll be one happy mom group. Obviously, I'm speaking in a way that you catch what I'm doing. But find something. Find a way to be connected. Invite people out to lunch after church. After church is over, and you're out in the foyer, and someone is just standing there, and you're like, someone should go talk to them. That someone is probably you. And so if you see it, Go after it, because we need to be people who are connected. Surrounding yourself with his people helps fuel your passion. Because those people come out and they're like, man, why are, you are awesome, you are great, and I love this, and I love this, and I love this. The other day, I made a, I made a horrible decision. Uh, one, it was a bad decision because I decided to go golfing. Uh, and I'm not a good golfer, and, but, but I'll go out and uh, I, was, I was golfing, and uh, first shot, I was like, that was horrible. Second shot, just as bad. There was no one behind me, so I was like, oh, this is perfect. Well, before I made the decision to go golfing, I made the decision to go golfing by myself. I was like, I should ask some guys if they want to go. Pastor Angel was in El Salvador, and Kirsten was working, Olivia was gone. I'm like, well, it's just me. I've been working on projects, and I was like, I have a couple hours. I'm just going to go golfing. And I was like, I should invite other people into my misery. And I didn't. And uh, I went golfing by myself, and it was by far the worst golf I've ever played since I started playing. And so, of course, I was like, I'm selling these clubs. Actually, I'm not selling them because they were given to me by Pastor Matt's dad. So I was going to give them back to him. You sell them. You do that because I'm tired. This game's horrible, right? And I'm just frustrated. And what I realized was isolation hurts more than interaction because I isolated myself from people. Because even if I was playing bad, there could at least have been someone with me who was as equally bad. So if I ask you to play golf, that means I probably think you're horrible. No, I'm just kidding. But, but here's the deal. Like, there would have been people, Lucy, who would have made it fun. There would have been people who would have said, hey, listen, here's what you need to do. Change your nasty swing. This ain't softball, bro. You're like, I went eight for eight the other day, by the way, just telling you. Like, like this ain't softball. You ain't trying to hit it over the fence. It's a little white ball. It's different. Make your swing smooth, get in the rhythm. The problem is, is we have to be willing for accountability with God's people. Whoa. Don't tell me what to do or how to do it because this is my life. And as long as it's mine, it's not yours. So I don't need you butting into my life. Well, God's people, God's people bring a connection. God's people bring accountability. And God's people bring help. It's not about hurt, it's about help. And so are we willing to stay connected to God's people? And then lastly, we have to choose to be connected to God's power. God's power. Acts 1.8, powerful verse. Pentecostal church, like this, well, this is the verse. Like this is the verse. It's, it's Acts 1.8, but you will receive power. You will receive dunamis. Like this is dynamite. This is explosive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Like that's it. Ruth went from tragedy to triumph because of God's power. Your life can go from tragedy to triumph because of God's power. 
A number of years ago, I used this illustration, and uh, so I was like, man, I, I, still, I still remember it. Uh, how many remember the old school from the 70s? If some of you, you have no clue what I'm talking about because you weren't alive, um, but I was. Um, so in the 70s and 80s, they had these things called the bop bag. I remember the, does anybody remember the bop bag? They were the vinyl punching bags that were about three foot tall. And so here's what I know about those bags. I think mine was like Superman, maybe. Um, like I'm a little kid and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna beat this thing down. And it's like, bam, and I throw right and whoosh, falls down. And all of a sudden it bounces back up. I'm like, oh yeah? I'm like Jimmy Superfly Snooker coming off the top rope. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop kick this thing, bam, and I drop kick this thing and it goes to the ground, I fall to the ground and back up. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna suplex this thing, right? So I grab this thing, I'm like, ah, suplex it, throw it on the ground, kick it while it's down. And all of a sudden, bam, it pops back up. Well, these bags are intentionally made with a special weight, a special weight that you can't see that's on the inside. Some are sand, some have this little special weight. So no matter what happens on the outside, it will always back, bounce back because of what's on the inside. So no matter what happens to you on the outside, no matter what trial, no matter what circumstance, you have the power of the God on the inside, which means you can bounce back up, right? You have the power, right? We sang it this morning, the power of the empty grave. He got up, which means you can get up because there is power on the inside of you. And so if you feel dejected, it's time for you to bounce back up. If you feel discouraged, it's time for you to bounce back up. If you feel like you haven't experienced your breakthrough yet because he's an unfailing, never, he's, he's never going to fail you, it's time for you to bounce back up. Maybe in the midst of your pain and your brokenness, it's time for you to back up. Ba- bounce back up through his power. With his power comes perseverance. Like, man, I wanna quit, I wanna give up. I've been there. It's a struggle sometimes. I was thinking this morning and I, I, I know I sh- used to share a whole lot more because um, it was just the season we were walking through, but I remember with our oldest daughter, Bree, like she got diagnosed with eight autoimmune diseases, one after another after another. And I was like, I don't, like when, People, it's, it's, God never said it that he wouldn't give you more than you could handle. Okay, that's a lie. He never said that. Because in those moments, it was way more than I could ever handle. Like as a dad, I'm like, I, this, is, this is a struggle because I don't want to see my kid hurting. I don't want to see my kid in pain and appointment after appointment after appointment and appointment, medicine after medicine, 18 doctors, like 16 different medications at one time. There would be five to 12 appointments every single week that angel was traveling to back and forth and managing and, and how do you do this? And we gotta go here and we gotta go there. And then we get the diagnosis of interstitial lung disease, which there is no cure. And it has a life expectancy between five and 10 years. WebMD is dangerous. I was like, no, this is not, this, this is not the promise, Lord. I didn't have kids so that they would die. I didn't have kids and so this would experience. And so there was brokenness and there was pain. And I was like, this is way too much to handle but I'm so grateful in those moments, I stayed connected to the power source because it was in those moments and those struggles and it was in the moments of vulnerability and honesty where I gave those to the Lord and he infused me with power because he helped me get through what I know I couldn't get through on my own. I think it's time for some of you this morning, you need to put the devil on notice. You put the devil on notice. Like, listen, 
you, you, you can take my hobbies, but you cannot take my connection. You can take my job, but you cannot take my connection. You can take my stuff, but you cannot take my connection. You can take my plans, but you cannot have my connection to his presence, to his promise, to his people, and to his power. Like it's not gonna happen. And so you have to choose to stay connected to God's power. So my challenge for you as we leave is will you stay connected to his presence, his people, and his power? So with no one looking around, I'm just gonna ask you to close your eyes. I'm gonna pray in just a moment. Before I pray, I'm gonna ask two questions. One is I'm talking about a relationship with a God. Like we have to choose to say yes. I was listening to a podcast just the other day and the pastor was talking about like, people have asked me like, why, why? Help me to understand. Like, why is a God who's so loving why would he choose to send somebody separated from eternity from him? Why is there a heaven and why is, why is there a hell? Why isn't there just a heaven? That doesn't sound like love. And he said, from understand what the creator of the world did, what, what God himself did, there was a separation. But every day he is intentionally moving in your direction. And he gave his son that we wouldn't have to spend eternity isolated in a way, but we would have an opportunity every single moment of every single day to choose Jesus. So when there was no way, he made a way. And now we have the power of choice to say yes to him because of his love. And so today we have to make a decision. Will I choose to be connected to Jesus? Will I choose to give my life to Jesus? Will I choose to surrender my life to Jesus and enter into a relationship that my name would be written in the Lamb's book of life because I said yes to him? So if that's you, with no one looking around, if you're watching online, one of our hosts would love to pray with you. You can click the button. If you're in the room this morning, I'm just gonna ask, would you just simply raise your hand toward heaven? I wanna give my life to Jesus today. I wanna be connected to the vine. I'm the branch and I'm disconnected and I want my life to be connected to him. If that's you, just raise your hand. Say, I'm giving my life to Jesus. That's the choice I'm gonna make today. Thank you. Thank you. The second question I'm gonna ask you is how many of you in the room today would say, Pastor Lance, I need to be connected to his presence. I need to be connected to his people and I need to be connected to his power. If that's your heart's desire, would you raise your hand? Jesus, you see every heart. You see every hand that is lifted. And God, we wanna choose wisely. We wanna choose wisely. And so today, some, many of the people in the room and watching online have chosen the most important decision to follow after you, to become your child, to enter into a relationship. And God, we admit our need. We believe that you are the one true son of God and we confess our sins and we ask Holy Spirit that you would come and dwell in the midst of our lives. Would you fill the capacity of our hearts? Would our names be written in the Lamb's book of life? Would our life be forever changed from this moment on? And Jesus, for every hand that's lifted that said, I wanna be connected to you. Father, I pray that every day we would choose wisely and we would choose that connection to your presence, to your people, and to your power. In Jesus' name, amen.